Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello! I'm Leon. And welcome to Good Time, Not A Long Time, a weekly comedy podcast where we rant, do random quizzes, discuss the latest news, and give up questionable advice. Now, without wasting any time, let's get straight into the podcast. So you might have noticed that a certain co-host of mine, or co-hosts of mine, aren't here. And that is because Tegan thought it was a great idea to go out last night and just get absolutely wasted. She drank a lot. She had a vibe of a time. And she also did a bunch of shots as well. So she's pretty much out of action, still recovering. But actually, I say yesterday, uh, I'm recording this on a Sunday. Tegan went out on a Friday and uh, obviously we didn't record on a Saturday. And I took that to the full because I thought, oh, you know what? You know, today I'm just going to do absolutely nothing. But I'm taking a bit of a chance because of that, because, you know, I need to record it, which I'm doing now. Then I need to edit it and then I need to make sure that it's all done and dusted and polished before I release it for um, tomorrow's release date. So, yeah, uh, a bit of pressure, but you know what? Live life on the edge. That's what I always say. Live life happily, not healthily. Uh, enjoy enjoy it. It's it's short, so you might as well. But yeah, so Tegan is out of action. Um, Ellie is watching the races. Well, <laughs> Ellie could have recorded. Uh, in fact, both me and Ellie could have recorded yesterday, and we still probably would have been able to uh, pump out a good podcast episode. However, again, when Tegan announced that she wasn't going to be recording the podcast, again, I took that opportunity and I stayed in bed. <laughs> and then I pretty much sent it into the group chat. Yeah, uh, the podcast recorded is going to be cancelled today because, uh, yeah, you know, Tegan, I, I, I pretty much used Tegan's pain so that I didn't have to record, <laughs> record a podcast episode yesterday because, right, a new game has been released and it's a special game. You know, it's it's a great game. It is the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Now, for any of you who might not be a fan of Star Wars or the Lego games in general, you might be like, Okay, Leon, why on earth are you a 19-year-old person playing a kid's game, right? And I just want to say this now. Lego Star Wars and Skywalker Saga is not for kids. On paper, yes. <laughs> On paper, it is for kids, but it is not for kids. Why? Because it is for the OG Star Wars fans who grew up playing the Lego Star Wars games, who knows everything about the Lego Star Wars games, who is their entire childhood. That game is for those people, and I'm one of them. Okay, it is a game for adults or OG Lego Star Wars fans that kids can also play. That's my own personal opinion. But yeah, I've been having an absolute whale of a time. I am also glad that for once, a Star Wars game slash Lego game has been released without any controversy. Well, there's a few bugs here and there. You know, there's a few uh, game-breaking issues. However, that doesn't take away from the fact that it is an incredibly revolutionised Lego game. Like, if you've played any Lego games in the past, which I'm sure... Everybody has at some point because who hasn't? If you haven't, just go, just go, go and play, go and play one, okay? Because that's people's entire childhoods, or that's people's entire experiences playing it with their kids. You no, know, I'm sure some parents out there 
who might be listening have also experienced Lego games through their children by playing it with them. Uh, but, you know, a Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga completely revolutionizes everything that you know about a Lego Star Wars game. And I've just been having an absolute blast of a time. Not only that as well, but I'm a Star Wars fan. So it's just, oh, it's all of that combined together. And I remember playing the original games in the past on the old PlayStation 2. Oh, the fact that we're now on a PlayStation 5 in my lifetime. That's insane. That's probably how people feel about experiencing the um, revolution of the internet and, you know, computers and TVs and stuff. You know, they must have experienced it all the way back when it was like a, what was it, a Macintosh or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but all the way back when it was a, uh, you know, this new concept and where people originally thought that the internet wasn't going to take off. Like, you see articles now uh, that have been unearthed where they're like, yeah, yeah, people think the internet's going to take off, but it really isn't. It's just a phase. But hey, the internet is the thing and it's thriving. So they were wrong. But yeah, the fact that when I want a PlayStation 5, when I grew up with, well, mate, not even a PlayStation 2, we had a PlayStation 1 in Thailand. So I, I've experienced you know, all generations of the PlayStation up until this point. And it's weird when you go back to like old games that, you know, you have a lot of nostalgia for and, you know, you remember having so much fun of them. When you go back to them, you realize, holy crap, <laughs> the nostalgia made, makes this game good because uh, the graphics wise, it is shocking. Like you, you remember the games being in like really HD quality, right? But then when you go back to play them and you see just like a block figure, and you thought that that was the most detailed thing in the world. Oh, it's great. It's great. Like when I go back to the Lego Star Wars game, I thought, well, in my eyes, the old Lego Star Wars games looked like the Lego Skywalker saga in, in my childhood brain. So yeah, but they've, they've taken the approach to a more open world experience. So there's no like set levels you can explore more as well. And it's quite a fast storyline pretty much. But because I've been obsessed with exploring and things, I've, I'm still on the first, uh, I'm, well, not the first, I'm on the second episode, I'm on Attack of the Clones, and I've pumped in, I don't know how many hours already, it's quite embarrassing, no, it's not embarrassing, I'm gonna take it with pride, I've been having fun, okay, I've been having fun playing a Lego Star Wars game at 19 years old, deal with it, if anybody has a problem with that, then you can suck my fat toe. <laughs> But yes, it's a Sunday and I've just got back in from playing tennis with everybody knows George, right? You know, he's been on a few podcast episodes, but yes, I've been playing tennis and I'm happy to say that I am improving slightly in tennis. Okay. There was a point in time where I was absolutely shocking. I still am quite shocking to be fair. And I just want to point out the fact that serving in tennis is a lot harder than people make it out to be. Oh, it's a lot harder than the professionals make it out to be, well, for obvious reasons. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, hmm, because you go to hit the ball, right? You think where you've hit the ball is in the right place, and then it just shoots off into space into another bit. You hit a ball thinking, I've hit that lightly, and then it could, like, go, phew, and then over to the left-hand side. You, on a, it's so difficult, in my eyes, to be able to predict. And I also thought that tennis courts were a lot bigger than they actually are. Like, I went onto the tennis court for the first time and I was like, is it really this small? How is anybody supposed to control a ball in this space? So, yeah, that was a, that was quite of a shock. I, I thought tennis courts were like absolutely massive. So I was prepared to, you know, whack the ball as hard as possible, just get onto the other side because that's, that's what I thought uh, you'd do. But no, it's, there's a, there's a lot of technical aspects to it. Tennis is a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be whacking a ball about, but it's not. Uh, serving is my downfall. Although now, as I mentioned before, my serves are actually getting quite good. So 
you know, I was there hitting the ball, getting it in. I was like, oh, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that I'm good or a pro, but I'm doing okay. There's there's slow improvements every week. Although last week, instead of going to tennis, we went to a lovely. It was like it, it's it's really weird because it was this really nice cafe slash restaurant. Yet it was in quite a rundown area. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm not gonna specify what area that is, but yeah, it was in quite a rundown area. And the way that it was built and the, the food that they served and the vibes that it had, it was almost like you were in Manchester. And I thought this is really weird. We're in a rundown area, but there's this really amazing, <laughs> lovely cafe that I'm, I'm going to. And when I was sat up, so I was sat in the window seat and you know, usually you'd have these places, like I said, in Manchester. So I was still expecting to be sat at the window seat, seeing, you know, all the buses go past, seeing maybe the city centre in the middle. Like it was, it was really bizarre, but the food was really nice. And I was talking to George about this. I was like, this is, to be fair, a really missed opportunity. Because, well, actually, it's not a missed opportunity for the restaurant or slash cafe that we went to because obviously they took that opportunity. But the concept is a missed opportunity because you, you find these places in the city centres, uh, in the UK anyway, you find these types of places in the city centres, these like, you know, really lovely, healthy-ish, you know, vegan bistro places, whatever. It wasn't vegan, but, you know, it was... It was a really nice cafe place and you find these in the Manchester City Centre. However, you know, they've introduced this into like a rundown area and it's become incredibly popular. And you know why it's become incredibly popular? Because there's no other place like it in the area. There's there's absolutely none. So I feel like people should take this opportunity and open up more places like this in these rundown areas. Take that opportunity because then it'll become like the most popular place in that area because it's the nicest. I was also saying this about bubble tea places as well. At the moment, you know, people are are starting to get used to the idea of bubble tea. Like, I remember when I was back in high school, I mentioned bubble tea. People looked at me as if I had like two heads. I was like, no, 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 it's a nice thing. You know, it's not even, it's not even tea. It might be, but the ones that I have are like, you know, milk and uh, milk, uh, like chocolates and tavo and that type of stuff, that type of bubble teas with, with tapioca. That's my preferred. No, actually, I lie. My preferred bubble tea is a tavo with coconut jelly, less sugar and no ice. Ah, here's a tip for you. Never put ice in a bubble tea. Why? Because it gets rid of the flavor. It dilutes the flavor of the entire drink. And yeah, it, even though it's, you know, chilled and colder, it, it just takes away the entire flavor. So never put ice in, in a bubble tea. Always leave it without ice. And also, when you put ice in it as well, you have less drink to drink. Or unless the ice melts, then you've just got water left, which yeah, nobody wants to drink that. You might as well just get water from a tap. But yeah, never put ice in a bubble tea. One, because you get more. And two, because you get more flavor as well. So there you go. That's advice from me. But anyway, if anybody was to open a bubble tea place in my area or a rundown area, it'd be booming. It'd be booming in business because the only place that people could go to for bubble tea is in the city center or in the city, not in our area. So again, I feel like uh, what these guys have done with this, you know, really lovely cafe, I think they've hit the mark there. Cheap events boom in business because everybody's like, wow, this place is the nicest place that we have at the moment in this area. So we're going to go to it. So yeah, people opening like, you know, new places up in the city centres. I mean, yeah, you can, but the rent's going to be sky high. So I think that the, there is, there's there's a niche, there's a niche in the market. You should be able to open these types of places in these rundown areas and, you know, business is going to skyrocket and cheaper rent as well. So you're going to be making more of a profit there. But that's, that's just my two cents on the situation. Or maybe that's just my idea of, you know, let's let's actually improve these areas for once with nice places. Let's not let these places rot to the ground. So 
Leon for Prime Minister, right? <laughs> no, never. Never. I would not want to be part of those party politics. Thank you very much. Oh, also, I want to give an update as well. So people have been asking me when the next video podcast is going to be released because, you know, our first video podcast that we, uh, we released was like a big thing and people watched it, people enjoyed it, you know, because they could see myself and Tegan uh, speak for once. We did also record one with Ellie, but we've, I've just not managed to <laughs> be able to release that one yet. To be fair, I don't think that one's ever going to be released because I think I might have deleted the audio. I'm not too sure. But anyway, so everybody's been asking me when the next video podcast is going to be released. And I'm going to say that we are definitely planning on returning to video podcasts. Don't you worry, my friends. Do not worry. However, the issue is at the moment that I need to uh, revise for an upcoming exam that I have. I say that I need to. I've not done any revision yet. I should have. Yeah, I probably should have done already. But I've got until the beginning of May. So I've got a, not even a full month, I don't think, but it's plenty of time, I'd say. I, I was going to revise this weekend, but I took the opportunity of not recording a podcast to the full, like I said, and I just did absolutely nothing yesterday. And then today I'm going to be editing this podcast and, you know, chilling a bit and doing some chores here and there, because again, I need to clean the bathroom. I'm aware that it's disgusting. I also need to clean my room at some point. There's clothes everywhere, and that's the issue. The only reason why I haven't started cleaning my room yet is because most of the space is taken up by clothes. And in order for me to clear those clothes out, I'd have to do about like five washes, which doing that amount of washes in a day, oh, it's a moral. It is a moral, my friends. But yeah, so anyway, I'm planning on revising at some point. I'm obviously not going to approach my second exam not knowing anything. I'm fully aware of that. But yeah, just uh, need to find the time. Luckily, though, it is uh, the Easter weekend next week so i'll have the friday saturday and sunday and then i've also booked an entire week off of work that next week so i've got even more time so i'm not in any rush i'll be able to do it it's fine but yeah so um we're going to be returning to video podcasts once i've done my exams so everybody be prepared for a may release that's when the next video podcast is going to be released it's going to be released at some point in may so we are going to be returning to it don't worry everybody we've not forgotten about it it's not going to be one of those ones where it's like oh yeah it happened once and never again. <laughs> um, it's it's still coming, so don't you worry. But after doing the video podcast, I don't know whether anybody's realised yet, but we are able to record a podcast episode in the same room as each other. That's what we've been doing. So we've made an entire weekend out of it. Or we did. Obviously, we couldn't do it this weekend where, you know, sometimes we might go to uh, the shops to, you know, get some cheeses and crackers and drinks and whatnot. And we, we all come back. We get together. We sit in the uh, living room. And we have a chat whilst, you know, we're setting up and everything. And then that's when we record the podcast all in the same room. So we can actually see each other for once. Because one of the biggest issues that we had in the past when we recorded a podcast, we used Discord to talk to each other. And every now and again, Discord would cut out at certain points. So if I laughed, for example, Discord might have cut that out for being a bit too loud. So they wouldn't have known, like Ellie and Tegan wouldn't have known that I have reacted to what they said. Sometimes it'll cut whilst we're speaking. So whenever anybody tells a joke, we didn't really hear the end of that joke. So in past podcast episodes, if you listen, somebody will say something, you know, that that is quite funny and there will just be a deadpan response. Nobody has heard a thing. And that is because when we use Discord, it cut out the uh, that stuff or, or it cut out laughs and stuff. So that's that's why. But now that we're in the same room, we can actually hear each other. We can see each other as well. We also see like actions that other people do. So a random laugh will appear every now and again because somebody's like done a really weird and random action. So if there are random laughs at any points during any podcast episodes in the future or any podcast episodes that you've noticed in the past, 
is because somebody has done something quite funny. So yeah, but it, it, it's weird because every single time that I go back to edit the podcast and then I just hear myself or Ellie, we're laughing at just random points. And then I realise, oh yeah, that's because Tegan at one point or Ellie at one point did this. And that's why, that's why we were laughing. But as listeners, you have no idea. I just went on an unnecessary rant then. I'm really sorry. I'm trying to fill up the time. So this episode is going to be, you know, a bit shorter than what you're used to. And that's just because, well... I've taken out uh, Nerd Off, obviously, because I can't do a Nerd Off by myself. And I've taken out Agony Ant because I can't give Agony Ant advice to myself. To be fair, the Agony Ant stuff is usually just Grey's Anatomy stuff, if you've noticed. You know, Tegan usually resorts to a Grey's Anatomy uh, situation and puts that as her, her segment. It's just an excuse for her to talk about Grey's Anatomy, to be fair. And you know what, 10 out of 10 to her, because it kind of works. But yeah, because I don't watch Ways Anatomy, I can't think of any of these like crazy situations. So it's just going to be myself talking to all of you peeps. And the In What World segment as well, because I, I have got news articles prepared for once. Usually I find the news articles on the day of the podcast recording, not going to lie. Uh, but now I've actually been prepared, so there you go. One thing that I do want to mention for a, uh, a hot minute is I want to express the fact that I believe, statistically, that 70% of men at my work have diarrhoea. <laughs> right, and I'm going to explain why. So... You know, at random points of the day, obviously, I go to I go to the toilet. But every single time I go to the toilet, there is always minimum one person in one of the cubicles just absolutely letting rip. And you can hear them letting rip as well. And some of them, they make grunting sounds as well. It's just like, oh, you know, and it's like, oh, my word. I feel so embarrassed for you. Every single time I go into the toilet, at least one person is just, they've opened up those bomb doors and they just letting rip. You know, they are firing what seems like liquid crap right into... It doesn't even sound like it hits the uh, the rim of the toilet. No, it's like straight in, like a waterfall, <laughs> into into the... T- I'm sorry if anybody's eating at this point as well. I'm, I apologise, or if anybody's eating like the dinner or something. I'm very sorry, but I just need to express like just this disgust because it's like every single time we go in, there is always one person who is just crapping to hell and back in the toilets. And you can smell just like this really disgusting stench come towards it. And there was also a point as well where I just had to quickly rush whilst I was on the toilet. Like I, I was trying to release myself as quickly as possible because just the scent was too much. And sometimes you'll go into the toilets as well and there's just like three cubicles that I've occupied. And every single one of them, you just hear what seems like a waterfall in every single cubicle. I'm just like, are you okay? Are you all right? That's that's something that goes on at work that I wanted to express. Again, I'm, I, I apologise if it was a bit too graphic, but yeah, no, but it's it's all the time. Every single time. I have never been into the toilets where there wasn't one person on the toilets having liquid diarrhoea. <laughs> There's never been a point. So absolutely disgusting. I hate it. Um, another thing as well. What happened on Friday? So on Friday, we, we dressed down. It's a dress down day on a Friday. So instead of going in the office wear or suits or whatnot or whatever you wear, you go down wearing, you know, whatever. And it's it's recommended that you wear, you know, smart casual. But ah, it's got to the point now where people don't wear smart casual. On Friday, it is dress down day. If anybody wants to come in a tracksuit, they can. It, it's that situation. But I went down uh, wearing, you know, a jumper and some jeans. And, you know, I wore the jumper because, well, one, it was the first thing that I grabbed from my wardrobe, granted, because I was in a rush. I've been in a rush all week. No, yeah, not even all week. I keep on being on a rush on the way to work because my bed is just too good. It's too warm when I wake up in the morning and I just can't be asked to get out of it. You know, we've all had that feeling. We have. But yeah, anyway, so I wore the jumper because it was the first thing that I wore. But then also because it was chilly in the morning as well. 
it was cold and it was windy. So I went down in my jumper. What I wasn't anticipating though was the heating to be a bit dodgy. So right above my desk was the 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 heating. I don't know what you call it, the heating unit. And it was a bit dodgy to the point where it was just pumping out warm air. Intermittently, throughout the day, just warm air, right? And fortunately, you know, I prepare for these situations. I'm aware that, you know, it could get a bit warm in the office. Because there's always, like, a conflict between the office temperatures, you know. Some people like it colder, some people like it warmer. There's never an in-between. So, but when it's when it's colder, you can obviously get warmer by, you know, putting a coat on and whatnot and just sitting there and, I don't know, rubbing your hands or whatever. The most difficult part is to get cold when it's hot. So what I usually bring is I bring a fan, a USB fan, desk fan, that I then stick on my desk. So if it ever gets a bit too hot, I then whip the fan on and, you know, just chill there and relax. And it's quite nice. However, my fan then decided to break on me whilst this heating problem was arising. And I'll tell you what now, I was sweating as much as Theresa May in a field of wheat. <laughs> Honestly, it was, oh, I, would, I, I, I had to like go out every now and again, just like get a breath of fresh air because like, oh my word, I just cannot, I cannot work in these conditions. This is awful. And not only that, but Again, don't want to be too graphic, but because it was so hot and because I was, you know, sweating slightly, my, so I've got hairy legs and my legs then started to, you know, sweat a bit with the jeans that I was wearing. And then that created a sort of static or friction between my hair and the jeans. And then it got to a point where it was absolutely unbearable. It felt like just somebody was pinching me with some tweezers, but like all over my leg. That's what it was feeling like. And I was like, I need to sort this out. Otherwise, I, I feel like I'm going to have to chop my legs off. That is the amount of pain that I am feeling right now. So what I did is I then ran straight into the uh, the men's bathroom, straight into a cubicle, and with no word of a lie, I quickly unbuttoned my jeans, and yes, they were buttons. Who puts buttons on pants? Whoever decided that buttons on pants was a good idea, they need to reevaluate their fashion career because, no, it is But anyway, at that point in time, I was wearing button jeans. Didn't have time to complain about it on the spot, to be fair. but. Yeah, so I was wearing button jeans, ripped it open, pulled my jeans all the way down, and I literally just stood there, <laughs> stood there with my jeans all the way down to the floor, in my underwear, in the cubicle, just so I can relieve my legs off of the friction that was created, or the static that was created from not only the heat problem, but then also the sweating, and oh my word, it was an absolute nightmare. And that was my Friday. And the day before that, it was also a bit of a pain in the ass because uh, the only parking space within the office at that point was a parking space that was surrounded by a puddle. And I didn't realise I was surrounded by a puddle until I, I, I actually parked up. So I had to do some form of really crappy parkour around my car to like get out. And I was also parked in front of a meeting room, a conference room as well. Cause I, and I know because... When I walked into the office, I saw my car through the meeting room window and there were people within that meeting room and I was just like, they have probably just seen me or one person at least in that room has probably just seen me parkour <laughs> around the car all the way to the back and, you know, not thriving, to be fair. And afterwards, at the end of work, I also had to parkour back in my car, which my friends on Snapchat will be very familiar with. They didn't believe me when I said I literally had to parkour, or some of them didn't believe me when I said that I had to parkour around the car in order to avoid a puddle. And like, people as well, you are no help. You are no help in the situation. Because I was texting people about it, and one of them went, could you not park anywhere else? If I had the opportunity to park anywhere else, yes, I would have parked somewhere else. I wouldn't have wasted my time trying to parkour around the car to avoid the puddle if there was an empty parking spot. 
So do you think that I want to self-inflict this pain onto myself? No. No, of course, it was the only parking space in the car, the car parking lot. Telling me, could you not park anywhere else? Just completely defeats the point. No, I couldn't have parked. You, you know, yeah, I could have parked anywhere else. Yeah, I could have. But you know what? I just decided to stay in the area where there was a massive puddle. So then I had to make myself look like an idiot by exiting the car and then literally hanging on to it as I then spied my way around the edge of the car and then towards the back of the boot. Oh, so no. There was no other parking spaces, thank you very much. And then another one I also put, I assume you couldn't get in from the left-hand side. Again, oh my word, if I could get into the car and out of the car on the left-hand side, then I would have done. Yeah, I would have just opened up the right door and be like, oh, there's a puddle there. I assume the left side is also going to... No, I checked. I checked that there was a puddle, and there was. So again, for the ones who were like, I assume you couldn't get in from the left-hand side. No, I could not, okay? Thank you, Einstein. Thank you for your input. It wasn't helpful. No, there wasn't any other parking space. No, the left side of the car wasn't clear for me to for me to enter. There was no possible way for me to have dealt with that situation any differently. Okay, don't worry. I thought of the same things as you did. I, I went through the same situation, the same thought processes. I checked. The only way for me to avoid that puddle was to have probably left the office, drove another 10 minutes in order to find a car parking space, and it was raining on that day, and I was not going to do that because I didn't have an umbrella. So... There you go, everybody. Sorry, that got a bit ranty towards the end, didn't it? It's pent-up hunger, I'd say. It's just built up. But anyway, enough of that. I think it's now time to move on to... In What World? This week's top stories, Meta is working on a digital currency, the UK has experienced a nuclear fusion breakthrough, and was the cello and the nightingale in 1924 faked? I'm Leon, and this is In What World? So, our first top story, Meta, the company formerly known as Facebook, and has rebranded itself into Meta, as if that wasn't cringe already, is now creating a digital currency, which they are calling, brace yourself, Zuck Bucks. If you vomited in your mouth then, don't you worry, I did as well, because what on earth is that? First they name the company Meta, which isn't even Meta, and then they're naming their digital currency Zuck Bucks. Ugh, help humanity. But yeah, anyway, according to the Financial Times, Meta is working on a number of financial initiatives that range from NFTs on Facebook to small business loans. One of those financial things that obviously being the Zuckbooks. Zuckbooks is obviously a reference to their CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, which again, that's like me calling my own digital digital currency Lambooks or, you know, Lamb Coins or Rex, <laughs> get Rex Coins. I don't know, but it's, but, but how self-absorbed do you need to be? Zuckbooks, get out, get out. You could have just called it like Metacoins or something. Metacoins sounds better, actually. Metacoins. That sounds fun. That sounds exciting. Not Zuckbooks. But it's thought that, you know, Zuckbooks is going to be working in a similar fashion to all the way back when Facebook used to have something called Facebook credits, which was like virtual cash that was used to buy virtual nothingness in games like Farmville. Oh my word, remember Farmville? Remember, fa oh, I remember Farmville. That was a fun thing to play. Is Facebook games still even a thing? I don't know. But I remember when Farmville was like, you know, quite up there. I, I, I liked playing that, but I think it was one of the earliest examples of uh, pay to win, was it? I don't know. I don't know. I just remember that 
you know, if you wanted to, things to speed up quicker, you did have to spend actual money on the uh, on your farm. But anyway, that was fun. But Meta is also considering social tokens, which would be given to users who make meaningful contributions to Facebook groups. Again, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> you know, right? There's some situations that I'm put through now where I just think, am I that old? Am I even old? Like. For example, I was overhearing a conversation between uh, the the kids in Thai boxing, and they were referring to a woman as waffles. What is waffles? They went, oh my gosh, she is waffles. What is that? What on earth is that? For me, waffles are a confectionery thing. They are not a way to describe a woman. Like, is that a good thing? Is what does waffles mean attractive? Oh, she's waffles. Oh, she's sweet, you know? Or is it a bad thing? Like, oh, she's waffles. Ugh, get out. You know, I don't know. And it's these things that happen where I just stand there and think, I have lost touch. I have completely lost touch. Well, granted, I didn't have it in the first place. I barely held on to uh, being down with the being down with the youth. <laughs> that made me sound like an absolute granddad. Holy crap. If that's not proof, then I don't know, don't know what is. But yeah, there's some situations now where I just think, I am, I am losing out. To, and there's going to be a point as well where I know because of how quickly technology is advancing, I will need support and help on how to work the latest phone or computer. I know it's going to happen. And at this rate, it's probably going to happen way earlier than I want it to because, you know, like I said, I, I don't get I don't get these references anymore. I don't understand what's going on. Like, the, can people just stop? Like, what? Why can't we just say someone, oh, you're, she's attractive. Why do we have to be like, she's waffles? What? What is that? Again, I'm assuming that that's what waffles means. I wouldn't know. An Oxford-based startup called First Light Fusion has claimed a major breakthrough in the quest to crack nuclear fusion. The holy grail of energy production. So the company says that its method is simpler, more energy efficient than rival approaches, and it's reached this point at record rates of progress, and they've had a breakthrough with it. Dr. Nick Hawker, co-founder and chief executive, said the company was on an incredible journey of discovery and had already improved on the process while regulators validated the results. So all in all, pretty much, we've had a breakthrough in the UK in nuclear fusion technology which is, is great stuff, especially with the current situation going on at the moment, where we we have to be less reliant on a certain fuel source. <laughs> not gonna, uh, we're, we're not gonna mention. Actually, no, I feel like it would be doing the, uh, it'll be doing the Ukrainians disjustice by not mentioning the atrocities that are going on. So yeah, you know what, I am going to mention it. Uh, we have to be less reliant on Russian fuel at the moment within the UK. So, you know, these breakthroughs in, you know, these nuclear fusion technologies is going to be absolutely great. And also, you know, nuclear fusion and nuclear energy in general is a lot cleaner than what we use at the moment. And it produces less waste, even though the waste that it does produce will last a very long time. Now you need, it needs special places to store. Although I guess that's the same with any like byproducts of energy production that isn't fully sustainable you know so but you know this is this is a good thing and for once i mean the uk has finally done something quite exciting in terms of their science world when was the last time we've had a breakthrough such as this one in the uk i can't think of it's always been in the uh, the us or something like that but yeah anyway so we've had a breakthrough with the nuclear technology which could mean it could carve the part oh what what it could carve the pathway for nuclear energy a full nuclear energy within uk in the future and obviously the agreements that the UK have with other countries such as Australia and stuff and things like that, they will also get access to that technology as well. So it's it's a good thing. And releasing reliance on fossil fuels, which is a good thing. But anyway, our final news story for today, the cello and the nightingale, 1924, was faked. 
the BBC admits. So I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what the cello and the nightingale is. I'm looking at a photo right now and it's pretty much what the name suggests. It is someone playing a cello with a nightingale. <laughs> but on 19th of May, 1924, the cellist Beatrice Harrison performed an extraordinary duet with a singing nightingale in her Surrey garden in one of the BBC's first live outside broadcasts. Apparently, it was described as a magical nocturnal event that captivated the nation, inspiring millions of listeners, tens of thousands of fan letters and repeat broadcasts every year until 1942. Wow. But now, the BBC is acknowledging that the original historic event was in fact faked up using a bird impressionist. Someone imitated a nightingale so accurately that people had believed a real one was responding to a rendition of the London Derriere. So, from the sounds of it, it's people believed that the nightingale was singing along to someone playing on the cello, right? Which, I guess, would be deemed extraordinary, but wouldn't some people then turn around and be like, that's a bit suspicious, okay? That bird is a bit too responsive to the cello. It's not like birds are brought up listening to a cello, so they wouldn't really know what's going on, would they? But yeah, apparently it was faked. So, if anybody... I was going to say, if anybody was alive in 1924, <laughs> no, no, no one listening to this podcast would have been alive in 1924. So it was a bold assumption to make, to be fair. But yeah, so if anybody is familiar with the cellist and the nightingale, or the cello and the nightingale in 1924, it was faked. And I'm sorry that I had to be the bearer of that bad news to you. Yes, anyway, it's been a hoot of a time, but I feel like it's time to wrap it up for this week. Again, apologies that it wasn't as long as it could have been. You know, again... The Agony Ant Sections, Tegan segment, the nerd off. There's absolutely no way that I'd be able to do a nerd off on my own. Even though I think I have done it in the past. But I'm not going to do that again because it was so much effort. It was a lot of effort, but yeah. So if you've lasted this long, you might as well give us a rating, leave a review, leave a comment. It helps out a lot, bumps up the charts. You can also support us on Patreon for as little as a pound or a dollar forty. And you can also find us on TikTok at GCNALT underscore podcast, which is something that Ellie is doing out of her own will. So you could go check that out and, you know, give her a bit of a support as well. So, yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And hopefully we'll be a full cast next week because it's the Easter weekend. So we're not doing anything, are we? I don't, want to, I don't want to jinx it. I really don't. But, yeah, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye.